your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Leafs podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive and TSN 1050's Leafs Lunch. You can hit me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. If you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Leave a rating and review as well. That would be much, much appreciated. And make Locked On Leafs your first and make it a daily listen uh, as we do put out new episodes each and every day, Monday to Friday, make it part of the rotation, and uh, hopefully you'll be you'll be impressed. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by Primal Origin Oils. Got beard? Get Primal. Stop the itch and make your beard look healthy and groomed. Check out PrimalOriginOils.com to learn more about their full line of beard care products. Use the code LOCKEDON for 20% off at checkout. Uh, all right, the Maple Leafs with a 5-4 win over the Columbus Blue Jackets. Pretty good start, 3 nothing after one. Then Columbus came out a bit strong there in the second period, cut it to 3-1. to one. Then Toronto took over late in the second, scored two in seven seconds. JT on the power play followed up by Matthews' 17th of the year. Columbus with three in the third, two kind of late. And one literally with half a second left to kill the puck line bet, which uh, I know there was a lot of people who were pretty upset about that who tried to bet the puck line tonight. Luckily, I was not one of them, and I suggested the money line uh, as opposed to the puck line today. Uh, but a third period that I'm sure the Maple Leafs may want to learn from. A couple things they're going to want back. Uh, we'll get into all of this with, uh, with uh, Nick Barden who's a senior writer for Leafs Nation, also YouTuber Nick Barden, uh, Maple Leafs YouTuber, and I am pleased to bring him on to the show. Nick, how's it going, pal? Not bad, not bad. I might have to uh, get some of that beard oil. I never have ever in my life been able to grow a beard. So I was going to say, beard <laughs> oil. you're completely clean-shaven. What do you need a beard oil for? Me, I, I'm the one with, with absolute... Oh, so it's, so it's not the one that helps you grow hair? I don't the, believe, I think it's just okay, never mind, moisturizer then. to groom uh, it. It's never. <laughs> it's something I need, and I may actually use this discount, potentially, you know, get, get somebody to buy it for me for Christmas, because I really could use some beard oils. I just let this thing grow, and I really shouldn't. Like, I'm a, I, I, I go on TV three times a week at least. I probably should do a little more beard grooming, and I think getting these oils should definitely help me out. So, Hey, if any of my friends and family are listening, uh, use the promo code Locked On for a 20% discount and toss it my way for Christmas, please. And thank you. I will gladly accept. Um, so, yeah, Nick, uh, a 5-4 win over the Columbus Blue Jackets. We will get to the game. We will. But uh, for those listening to the podcast, you can't quite see what I'm staring at. But over the shoulder of Nick is a Marty Marincin jersey. And before we get into anything, I just need to know what the hell possessed you to buy a Marty Marincin jersey? I've told the story many of times. Um, so basically, before the pandemic, um, in the February, before the March, um, I don't know if you remember back all the way, but Martin Marincin scored. Um, on Vancouver. Uh, on Vancouver, exactly. He, building. <laughs> oh, well, makes it even better. Um but yeah, so what happened was basically after he scored that, um, I thought it was a good idea to tweet 500 retweets and I'll get a Martin Marinson jersey. Um, I did it a few weeks prior with Rasmus Sandin, and I, I, I was really looking forward to that one potentially hitting 500 because I, I, I really liked Rasmus Sandin. I still do it. But that didn't get there, so I decided to do it with this one. And a bunch of people started retweeting, and I'm like, okay, like it's it, it's probably going to get to the same place as the Sandine one did, and then um, Adam Wild from um, the Steve Dangle podcast. Oh no! He threw a retweet on it, and uh, yeah, that's when it was all done. And that was game over. Curtains. You just had to go onto NHL.com and purchase the only Martin Marincin jersey that I believe was made in the world and you are the proud owner of it uh that's a really funny story actually that's 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 actually a good story and a good reason to have it um just some good fun yes. with leaves twitter and 
Leafs Twitter was was kind of all over the place tonight. Um, how do you feel about tonight's game? Good 5-4 win over the Jackets. It, it, it got close late, but to me, the Leafs pretty well controlled that one from start to finish. Yeah, it was a weird one. I just saw on my phone um, one of Sheldon Keefe's quotes, and he said he didn't like the game at all. He um, never likes any no, game. Like he, no. When does he ever like a game? If, if they don't legitimately have like a 3 nothing <laughs> shutout in the third period where they only allow two goals and they all came from the point, he hates the game. And I, I mean, at some point, like you, you like to think that that's good for a team like that because if they're never satisfied or he's never satisfied, he's just going to keep pushing them, pushing them. Yeah. But I, again, like this one, it was so weird because the Leafs, like you said earlier, they did so well and then Columbus came back and then they decided the Leafs just to score two goals in seven seconds. And it looked like the game was over at that point. And then, uh, I remember looking at the score, and I believe it was 5-1. And I'm like, 5-1 is not a fun lead for the Leafs. So then <laughs> Columbus came back. I mean, some of them were tough goals. Um, but oh, I, I don't know. Jack Campbell stood on his head. I don't know how the hell he's doing what he's doing right now. But he's making every save humanly possible, and it's crazy. But other than that, I thought it was a good game other than the third period, few goals. But, but I mean, Austin Matthews scoring twice, can't go wrong with that. Morgan Riley getting four points, can't go wrong with that. So, I mean, I thought it was a good game overall. Yeah, I thought the Leafs, they, they did control game. I think the third period got away from them a little bit, I, I believe, and especially late. Um, I mean, it was 5-2 pretty well up until, like, what, three minutes in, and then they scored two goals the last couple of minutes, one in the final second of the hockey game, which is unfortunate, but it is what it is. It wasn't even a great goal either. It was kind of just, you know, it was just a kind of a one that I'm sure Jack Campbell's like, really? Like, why'd you even shoot the puck? Like, come on. Did you really have to score that one? <laughs> Um, there was a couple of goals. Soupy's night to me was, was he had a couple of really big saves and they had a, a couple of those goals that, that were a little bit like stinkers, to be honest, that, that blocker save on Jake being the third period, I thought was unreal. Yeah. And then that glove stop on the power play on Bjorkstrand, that was like probably the best save that he's made this year. He's made some good stops, but that one, I was like, oh, that's a goal. Like I just automatically, when I saw that, that rebound go into the slot, Bjorkstrand, who's a pretty good goal scorer, pretty good finisher, load up to, to put that into the back of the net. And then all you see is Campbell lunging over and getting the glove on it. I legitimately like let out like, oh, like, I was so did so I. stoked about that stop. Um, so that was pretty sweet to, to see him making a couple big saves and at a, at a good point, cause it was the what like three, one at that point uh-huh. and he made those stops and, you know, or three, nothing at that point. And they were pressing early on in the second period. Um, and, and he had to make some key saves, which I think is really one of the biggest differences between what Jack Campbell's been able to do this year and the type of goaltending that the Maple Leafs have had the last couple of years. He's getting those big saves, those timely saves. He's not getting that backbreaker to allow a team to get back into it, right? So that that's something that I've really enjoyed about Campbell's game this season. But overall, I I, I thought the Maple Leafs played played well, right? The offense didn't dry up without Marner and Spezza. Matthews, like you said, couple of goals tonight, has himself right back into the rocket race. Nylander scored on the power play, Tavares on the power play, and then my guy, Big Rich finally hits the score sheet and nobody was happier for Nick Ritchie getting a goal tonight than Andre Kasha. Tell me I'm wrong. You were, you were hundred percent right. I mean, uh, it was so weird watching like between intermissions when Mark Masters interviewed him, he, he didn't really didn't see, he didn't seem happy that he scored. And I'm sure internally he like was probably like roaring inside, but like, He's kind of an I, emotionless person, I find. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, I, like I remember at one point, they had the camera panned to him on the bench, and I don't know if it was after his goal, but he was just staring into the abyss. Yeah. And I, I, was, I was just wondering, what is he staring at? <laughs> He's just in disbelief <laughs> that he put the puck in the back of the net. Um, but it was a really nice play, though. Like, like Nick Ritchie, you know, what I liked about it was he noticed that Camp and Kasha were down low. There was three Maple Leafs down low, and he noticed, okay, probably need two of those guys. Let me scoot myself back out in front where there's nobody there. Kasha gets the loose puck, sends it out in front, and he's all alone, and he roofs it, 
and that's his first goal of the season. A pretty nice one, too, like just an overall really good play. So uh, it wasn't just one that I figured was going to be either an empty netter or something that just goes off his ass or something like that. It was a decent goal. He had to work for it, and it was just a nice, smart play to go to the front of the net. There was no one there, and then puts it up over the shoulder of the goaltender. Hopefully, like, it, it continues. It's a trend that he scores now because, I mean, I don't know how many games. It's like 23 or 24 for him, and he hasn't yeah. scored. So hopefully, hopefully this part continues, and he can just keep scoring and keep producing because – at 2.5 mil and he's not doing anything. It was a little stressful, but again, it's it's nice to see him finally get one, and especially in Toronto at home rather than away. That makes it so much sweeter. Absolutely. Um, the other guy who who uh, was putting pucks in the back of the net, Austin Matthews, came close, so close, twice almost, got the hat trick, uh, but he did score two, now up to 17 on the year. Um you know, right back into the rocket race, which is just incredible. He's got goals in seven straight, 10 in his last seven. They've put up a stat sheet, uh, a little stat pack. He's got 72 goals in his last 83 home games. That's just unbelievable. Crazy. Unbelievable. Like this guy, holy smokes. Um, and, and look, you know, as we do in every, after every single Leafs game, we'll go through our three stars of the game. Shocker, Austin Matthews is going to come up. So I'm not going to divulge all of my love for Austin Matthews here. But what I do want to talk about is his line mate, Michael Bunting, because he's really starting to look like a find, isn't he? Like, how much has your perception of him changed over the course of the first 25 games or so here with Toronto? Uh, it was interesting because I remember early on in the season when Zach Hyman was starting to roll. Yeah, I was, and there was that discussion of Zach Hyman for Team Canada, and now we're sitting here talking, and he has more points than Zach Hyman, and it's like Michael Bunting for Team Canada. <laughs> I mean, all right, let's, let's I, I, that that probably won't happen, but it's it's so it's crazy. Like it, it was such a good find for Kyle Dubas, and he's making nine hundred and fifty k. Yeah, and it's like it's the best of both worlds because they get a good guy and. He gets to come home, live his childhood dream, and play for this team. And, I mean, he loves playing with Austin Matthews. I, I think it was after the goal that Bunting passed on to, after they went past the bench. Like, you could just see how happy them two were together producing on a goal like that. Mm-hmm. So, it, it's nice to see. It's really nice, especially with him being able to be with Matthews and sort of in that role that Hyman was. And it's nice for the Leafs to finally have uh, a left winger who can produce at that rate similar to Hyman. Yeah, like that was a big question mark coming into the year, right? Like who is going to be that that third guy on that line with Matthews and Marner? Clearly no Marner tonight and not going to be around for the next few few weeks as he's out with a shoulder injury. Um, but, but, you know, obviously the offense isn't taking that big of a hit. They scored five goals tonight, got a couple on the power play. Um, but Michael Bunting, the, the thing that I really liked about his assist tonight, um, the lone point that he did get was just like how hard he was on the puck and, and how he protected the puck. Like he had the defenseman draped on him, was trying to get to the puck. He was swiping at it with a stick and, you know, held him off for a pretty good, good amount of time. And then finally was able to shake him off, stop up. And just, I don't know if it was a no look or he caught him out of the corner of his eye, but somehow backhander got the puck over a wide open Austin Matthews, basically in for a tapping at the side of the net. Um, it's just like it's such a great play to first of all, be able to protect the puck like that, take it to the net and then spot a guy going hard to the net to get, uh, to get the assist and, and get another goal for Austin Matthews. It's, you know, those are the type of plays where you look at like, that's like kind of Hyman-esque. Like that's the type of mm. stuff that he was doing a little bit last year. And for 950000 I mean, man, this really is looking like a gem signing for Kyle Dubas and company. Yeah, I mean, I when I saw 13, him – By the way, 13 points his last 11 games. I There's – that's <laughs> like – that's – I, I want to say like that Jason Spezza may have – one of the best contracts in the NHL. Michael Bunting's close to that as well. Yeah. Like it's 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 a crazy like it's it's a crazy find. I know last year in Arizona like he he did ha- he did show that he was able to produce at that level in terms of goals, but he's doing both 
assists and goals. He's helping set up Austin Matthews on that goal. I, I was so surprised that it made it through to Matthews. Um, but similar to that Jack Campbell save, like you said earlier, when you were in awe, I was, I was doing the same thing for that Michael Bunting pass. I was, I I was in disbelief that it made it through. It was, it was, it was, I I don't know if it was one of the best goals of the season so far, but it was probably one of the nicest setups so far that the Leafs have had. Yeah. Couldn't, uh, couldn't agree more. It was definitely one that Bunting's going to be putting on the highlight reel. That's for sure. Um, all right, let's take a quick break. And when we get back, uh, we'll do the three stars of the night. And then you're also a Marley's writer. So you know the guys who made their debuts pretty well tonight, Alex Steves and Christians Rubens. So I'll also get your thoughts on the new kids and, and their debuts tonight. But before we do, let me tell you about a couple of today's show sponsors. And when we get back, uh, we'll, we'll get to all that stuff. Uh, you're listening to Locked On Leafs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Got beard, get primal. You heard me right. Got beard, get primal. If you or someone you care about has a beard, it needs to get primal. Maybe you're that guy who's never considered the benefits of treating your beard with product. Primal Origin Oils will stop the itch and make your beard look healthy and groomed. Their goal is to help others look good and live healthier lives through the use of natural oils. The products are free from harmful to synthetic ingredients and with low impact on our planet. Primal Origin Oils make bombs, oils, and whipped butter that are renowned as the best feel-in beard products available. This is due to exotic carrier blend with oils like raspberry seed, rosehip, and chia seed oil. All products are fair trade certified and handcrafted in the USA. The combo kits make for a great holiday gift, and if you're shopping for yourself, you'll be glad you did. Not only the products and dedication to quality top-notch, the company was founded for a noble cause. The founder, Stephen's mother, was injured in a car accident, and the company was started to pay for treatment and recovery. Most companies focus on fragrance first, and that leads to a product that does not feel good on the skin. We took a step back and focused on the ingredients first to ensure a product that feels great and smells fantastic. Fantastic. We know that every company claims to have the best, but Primal Origin Oils challenges you to compare their ingredients and feel and beard to the other companies you've used. We promise you will see and feel the difference. Remember, the code Locked On gets you 20% off at PrimalOriginOils.com. Use the promo code Locked On at checkout for 20% off. PrimalOriginOils.com. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, or even better than a candy bar, a built bar filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in 100% chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fats, but high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. So many flavors will have a hard time choosing. Will you have the raspberry or the mint brownie, cherry or double chocolate, cookies and cream, or peanut butter brownie? Built bar gives you that extra fuel you need to bust down those mall doors and battle all the holiday shoppers or if you're just standing in endless shopping lines built bar can give you that extra something to keep you going so throw one in your jacket pocket or your purse you never know when you're going to need it because it's the season of peace and love do not bring up your favorite built bar flavor at family parties people are so passionate about their favorite flavor they'll fight for it and things could get out of hand your friends with santa will tell santa to throw a few built bars in those stockings with so many flavors they make anyone's christmas morning a happy one want to cozy up with something warm here's a holiday secret dip your built bar into a piping hot cup of cocoa let it melt a little and give your beverage a bit of that built bar flavor plus you'll have a nice melty built bar to go with it be sure to have a couple of napkins on hand though like some of those marshmallowy treats around the holidays you need to get your hands on some of our built bar puffs they're light fluffy and marshmallowy through and through different flavors all covered in chocolate it tastes so good you won't believe that they're filled with protein go to built.com use a promo code Lock 15 and get 15% off your order. Use the promo code Built uh, Locked 15 for 15% off at Built.com. Welcome back into Locked On Lease. Mike DiStefano, the host of this program, joining me to keep on chatting about the Leafs 5-4 victory over the Columbus Blue Jackets is Nick Barden, uh, a Leafs YouTuber, senior writer for the Leafs Nation, uh, also a writer for the uh, covers the Toronto Marlies. So we'll get a, chat, a chance to ask him about the two youngsters who made their debuts tonight. Uh, but first and foremost, as we do after every single Leafs game, we'll go through our three stars on the night. And Nick, since you are the guest, I will let you start first. Give me your third star on the night. The third star? You're putting me on the hot seat. I didn't think I was going to have to go first. Um, right. I would say third star 
would have to be Morgan Riley. There, I have I have three. I already have my three stars. I I was very not confused, but I just didn't know what order to put them in. <laughs> but I mean, Morgan Riley four point night. You can't go wrong on that. I I, I believe. I don't know how many nights he's had where he's had four points. I think it's been a few, but he was yeah. so he was so close to getting five points, and he hasn't done that yet. But that's Morgan Riley's got to be my third star. Yeah, and Morgan Riley had a solid night. Uh, I believe he led all skaters uh, with the Maple Leafs with yeah, twenty-two minutes, fifty-one seconds of ice time. Uh, four shots on goal, four apples, like you said, uh, hit a couple of blocks. So he was all over the place. He had a really good game. Um, he was on the ice for a couple of goals against as well, though. But he came in. He was my second star. I gave him my second star uh, of the night. But my third star, I gave to the shutdown pairing. I I, I had to give it to him, Muzzin and Hall. I've yeah. tripped them quite a little bit throughout the last uh throughout the well really all season they have not played well <laughs> but you know what credit where credit's due um you know on nights where you don't notice them are typically the nights where they've had a good game right like when you really think about it those are the nights you've had a good game when they're not turning the puck over and you're not seeing justin hall uh you know chasing his guy as opposed to staying on top of pucks but tonight they did a really good job of, of doing that. They had just 35% ozone starts, nine defensive zone faceoff starts, and they had a 64% shot share, a team high 86% expected goals uh, for. And then when you look at the high danger chances, they didn't allow a single high danger chance on the night. Um, and when you start that many, you know, uh, faceoffs in the defensive zone and you don't allow anything, you know, that's, that's a, that's a really good sign of your shutdown pair and they were on the ice for six high danger chances again. So, you know, they did a really good job of getting the puck and then getting it out of their zone um, and not spending a lot of time in their end, which is clearly the MO of, of the Maple Leafs. And uh, I thought that they, they did a really good job tonight as the token shutdown pair. So I want to give them a little bit of love because it's, it's been a lot of negativity for those guys uh, over the course of the season. Yeah, it has. They need they need the love because I, I know at times there ha there's been a lot of especially with Justin Hall and him getting scratched. Um and as I've seen, I mean, I'm sure you saw it too from the the Amazon All or Nothing series. They're both great guys and yep. as mu- as much as as much as I like to talk about the players at some points, I also feel like the human side of it, like if they're not doing good, I just I feel for them and I am so sad, Um, but just to see them sort of hopefully be turning a corner and just coming back to the shutdown pairing that they were last year when Hall was shutting down McDavid, if they can get back to that and show that, then that's just going to change the defense core for the Leafs and it's just going to make them even harder to play against. Well, and, and now that Sandine and Dermot are out, I think, you know, you, you've got to rely on them to to play a little bit more. Obviously, Brody and Riley are going to get some minutes, but Muzzin and Hall, you got to give them some minutes as well because I don't know if you feel as comfortable playing uh, Lilligren and Rubens, you know, 14 minutes a night, 15 minutes a night, like you did with Sandine and whoever it was playing alongside him, which means, you know, there's going to be a little bit more pressure on, on Muzzin and Hall. And I thought that they kind of stepped up tonight in the absence of a couple of, couple of regulars on the blue line. Uh, so like I said uh, earlier, I gave my second star to Morgan Riley for a lot of the same reasons uh, that you talked about. It's, it's pretty tough. You, you get a, you know, four point night, you're clearly going to show up in the three stars category. I'm curious as to who your second star of the night was. So I'll tell you the two that I have. So I have Austin Matthews and I have Jack Campbell. I'm sort of siding along the lines of Austin Matthews' second star. Um, I probably should side towards him on the first, but, I mean, Jack Campbell is pretty good. But Austin Matthews, I mean, it, it, it feels like he's at the rate. I remember last season it felt like he scored every single game. Yeah. And he, he technically almost did. but. It, it just it doesn't feel normal if he doesn't score in a game. And it, and it seems like now, after him scoring in this game twice, I was thinking after he scored the first goal, it's just like it, it feels like we're getting back to the point of, okay, it's normal that he scores in every game. And yeah. if he's able to continue to do that, like he'll be back in the rocket race. He already is, but he'll be right beside Leon Dreisaitl in no time. And I think um, 
just the j- even the ways he's scoring the goals. He's scoring them in similar fashions that he did when he had his wrist injury, and that sort of translates to just how different of a goal scorer he is now compared to maybe two years ago. And I mean, if he's able to keep on scoring in those types of ways, he's going to blow the rocket Richard race out of the water unless Leon Dreisaitl is there with him. Yeah. Currently uh, four goals back in the rocket race. So, I mean, that's easy to make up considering like he entered the week, like 10 goals back now just four like he's got 10 goals last seven games he scored in seven straight he's got 10 goals over the course of that span um yeah two goals and a helper tonight um uh, he's my first star austin matthews thought that he was he was excellent tonight 14 uh wins on the faceoff as well um so like austin matthews to me and it's funny like we were discussing no more than i don't know maybe three weeks ago how this guy's a problem scoring at five on five. Like what's how, how, what's going on? How come he's not scoring? And I came on this podcast and I said a billion times, relax, relax, relax. They're going to come look at his, his analytics, look at his, his uh, expected goals. They were always number one in the league. He was, he's been top three and expected goals the entire season. The results just weren't following, but then you look at his 4% shooting percentage and you're like that it's not sustainable. Oh. He's going to have an explosion of goals at some point here and get himself back into the race, and that's exactly what we've seen. And you're right. The way that he's scoring goals and the way that he's starting to score now off the rush again using that wrist shot. And remember, he had off-season wrist surgery. So a lot of those goals that he was scoring earlier in the year, you notice they were all around the net, You know, which is great. That's the way you're going to score more often in the playoffs. But now he's adding that second element of scoring off the rush, which means, okay, he's opened up like another – level almost like we knew it was there but now it's like okay his wrist is is finally I think a hundred percent and he feels comfortable shooting in in any possible way he can and like tonight it was just you know he's super smart I think it was Jeff O'Neill that mentioned this after uh after the the period just the the way that he barreled in on that you know coming off a goal and you know that the goalie's a little shook at that moment and you win the face off the puck gets back to puck gets over to bunting gets it back over to Morgan Riley and then up to up to Austin Matthews who ends up in nah, somewhat of a breakaway but off the rush it almost looked as if he faked he was going to go high and then last second just went low and beat some five hole and it's just you know the deception that that guy has is kind of what makes him super dangerous um, so Austin Matthews, he, he, number one star for me tonight. I mean, two goals, three points, um, goals in seven straight. I can't believe it. But that stat that I said earlier, 72 goals in his last 83 home games is just unbelievable. Unbelievable. And like the guys also like a two way stud, like he played super well off the puck as well. Like it doesn't get talked about a lot because he's such a great goal scorer, but like this guy's two, like his two hundred foot game, really has rounded out over the last, I would say, two seasons. Um, and that part of his game is also starting to really come into play. Uh, and I think it's going to have to, especially with with Mitch Marner out for a little bit, um, someone who also plays a good two hundred foot game. Uh, so I, I liked what we saw at Austin Matthews tonight. So he was definitely my first star. So I had Austin Matthews as my one, Morgan Riley as my two, and I gave the third star to the shutdown pair of Muslin and Hall. You went Jack Campbell as your one, Austin Matthews as your two, and you gave Mo the third star. Uh, before we take a quick break and get to the Jason Spezza news, um, he's been suspended. The verdict is in. We'll tell you about that next. But before we get to that, uh, I do want to ask you quickly about your thoughts on uh, on the rookies, the new kids who made their debut tonight. I guess uh, we'll start with Alex Steves, the forward uh, for the Toronto Maple Leafs. What did you think of his night? Uh, I thought it was good. It was something that you'd expect at times. I mean, uh, he's in the AHL. He's a player who's really electric with the way he plays. He can get up and down the ice really fast. It seems like he set another gear for himself. Like I remember at the beginning of the season after he came off his injury. And that's another thing is just like the fact that he started off the season injured with, I I believe it was a shoulder injury to coming straight into the Marlies 
to just getting an opportunity with the Leafs. It's like, it's crazy how fast he's done all of that. And tonight, I mean, I remember, I believe it was, he got a shot off early in the first and I'm like, Oh, this guy's not playing today. He's, he's really trying for it. Um, but I mean, he was on the fourth line. It's not, it's, you'd expect him to, I wouldn't say not have, have trouble producing, but it's going to be a lot harder there. And who knows? I don't, I wouldn't say that he would get moved up anymore just in terms of. I don't think anyone's expecting Steve's, I mean, at this point in his career, I mean, 21 years old, he's only played a handful of pro hockey games, like literally like like a dozen pro hockey games. Um, I don't think anyone's expecting for him to come in and like replace Mitch Marner. Like, yeah, he took over Mitch Marner's role like on the roster as a body, but he's not Mitch Marner. He's not going to be a guy you're going to put up in the top six. And tonight played just eight minutes, 28 seconds, had a couple of shots on goal. They spent him a, a good majority of that time, though, in the offensive zone. I thought that Engvall, Clifford, and Steves, that fourth line there, played decently. Um, but he and his he and his pal, Christians Rubens, did factor in uh, on that goal against, I think it was, what, the 5-3 goal? The 5-3 goal, I think it was, um, where they both kind of were on the ice for a dash for that one. Um, but – Christians Rubens, uh, your thought on, on, on his game. And if you think that, you know, this is somebody who might be able to factor into this blue line at some point. Uh, in terms of Rubens game, I thought it was good. He's, he's a type of player. He's really big in the way he, he can play and mm-hmm. his size and the way he's able to move such a big frame in himself. He's able to get up the ice and that back down it really fast. And he's able to use his body like I, there was a point in Marley's practice one day where they were doing shielding drills in front of the net and it was him. There was Carl Dahlstrom. They're both pretty big guys. And Rubens at 23 is just shielding everyone off. Nobody can get through. And it's just like, you realize the size there, but in terms of his game tonight, I mean, like you said, there was a goal against, um, but I mean, it's going to happen. It's, the first game of his career in the NHL, there might be some nerves. There's going to be a lot. And it's a big jump, especially from the AHL to the NHL, um, in terms of even just being on defense. They're going to have to play against skilled guys. So it was good. Uh, it it might have, could have been a little bit better, but, I mean, there's a lot of promise in this guy. I, I, I tend to – I probably, in my head, think – that he's going to be better than he actually will be. But a lot of people say how good he is. The Marlies head coach, Greg Moore, said a few weeks ago, like he's already knocking on the door to the NHL. And it's like he went from playing in Sweden at at a young age and then coming over here and then playing for the Newfoundland Growlers eventually and then Marlies and then now the Leafs. there's a lot of good things to like about him. His size is a really good thing and just the way he's able to utilize that. And it's, it's something that I, I wouldn't be surprised if he was maybe able to get another shot along with the Leafs this year, if he does get sent down again at some point. What do you think is the one thing in his game that like may have held him back in the past that he's worked on, but still continues to need to, to, to work on as he tries to establish himself as a, a, a full-time NHLer. One of the things I think uh, as I've watched through Marley's practice and him working with development staff is he's, he's worked a lot on his skating. Mm-hmm. I think that's one thing that he really wants to be like the best at just because as a defenseman, you know, it's skating is like one of the biggest things you need. And of course he wants, he wants to be, as talking to him, he wants to be one of the best defensemen out there. And he really wants to be on the Leafs. And yeah. I mean, he's got what, six foot five, 220 pounds. If you can skate along with oh, that yeah. body frame, I mean, someone will find a spot for you in the NHL. Someone was, will find a spot for you. If you have a little bit of IQ to go along with it, I think, uh, I think he, you know, he's somebody who could have a future in the NHL. Is he going to be a top pair or a top four guy? Maybe not. Maybe a depth no. guy, sixth, seventh defenseman. But I mean, tonight, his debut played 13 minutes, 40 seconds, had three shots on goal, four hits and a block, 
So, you know, he was physical out there. I, I thought that Rubens, uh, for his first game um, in the NHL, uh, I thought that it was pretty good. And, and I would imagine – well, I guess it will kind of depend on, on what the situation is with Dermott, and we don't really know. It's kind of an unknown length of time for his injury. But uh, I would imagine this is not the, the last game we'll see of Christian Rubens um, in a Maple Leafs uniform this season. No, and yeah, yeah I mean, I was just going to say one more thing. There was a point, like, with his size, there was a point in an AHL game this season where a guy, I, I think a guy had the puck and he just dumped it in, and he just ran into Rubens along the wall, and it was like the guy ran into a brick wall. <laughs> I, I mean, he's really good at utilizing his size, and if he's able to, again, work on his skating and really translate and put everything together – yeah. Like you said, like there's going to be a spot for him anywhere and he's going to be a scary guy to play against. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. The verdict is in on Jason Spezza. We'll take one more quick break. When we get back, I'll let you know how many games he's out for and we'll both give our opinions on the verdict. Uh, you're listening to Locked On Lease, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Bet online has he covered all season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues to march to the playoffs. Bet online remains your number one spot for all of these sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus from basketball to football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online. Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, it's where the game starts. Welcome back into Locked On Lease. Mike DeStefano here, the host of this program. Joined alongside myself is Nick Barden, senior writer with Leafs Nation. And uh, so the verdict came in about halfway through the Leafs game, actually, funny enough. And I don't know why it took this long, Nick. I really do not know why they couldn't have announced this before the game. And technically, if he was not suspended, uh, could he have suited up for the first half? That's a question that I legitimately might have to ask somebody. Would he have been eligible, though there was a pending uh, a pending suspension coming? There was technically no suspension. He was not suspended by the start of the game. I wonder if he could have played. Anyways, not really that important. Uh, but six games is the number uh, that Jason Spezza gets from the Department of Player Safety for his Knee to the head of Neil Pionk. Uh, they say it was a predatory hit. It was retaliation to the knee-on-knee collision with Rasmus Sandin, which has him out for a few weeks. Um, but a big thing they say is that he shifted his weight to go down and deliberately make the contact to the head. Um, and that was a big reason why it was a six-gamer um, and not anything shorter. Now, uh, Jason Spezza reportedly plans to file an appeal to see if he can get it lowered at six games. Spets is able to um, get this appeal done by an independent arbitrator. That is not uh, Gary Bettman. If it were five games, it would have to go through Bettman, but because it's six, there is an independent investigation or an independent arbitrator that will, uh, that will get, uh, it'll be up to him essentially to see if that is a, a fair, Sorry, if that is a fair fine for him or a fair suspension uh, for him. Uh, Nick, six games. What are your thoughts? I'm, I, I don't, like, as much as I do think that it's the right call, I also am a little bit confused just in the sense because you look at Neil Pionk's hit on Rasmus Sandin and it's like he stuck his leg out. Like, you can clearly see he sticks his leg out. And this guy could have had a, an injury that could have put him out the whole entire year, like a torn ACL or something. Thankfully, he doesn't have that. But just, it, it's, it's such a, I'm not going to say it's a similar play, but it's like an injury. And like, one of the things that I do understand about it is that it's a hit to the head and they're trying to eliminate that. And I'm all for that because concussions are bad. Um, but at the same time, it's crazy that he, as somebody who's rarely, I don't, I really never, don't think ever. he never, he's never been suspended no. and they're going this far to get him suspended for six games. It, it, 
I I, th- I really thought going in that they were going to be able to get it down to four, um, or at least three, because that's what Pionk or Pionk got two. I two, he got two. Yeah, so somewhere along that range. But I I was surprised when he got six. I mean, again though, there there are some points where you look at the hit and you think, okay, that's not the best hit, and it it was retaliate retali- retaliatory. Um, but at the same time, I mean, Pionk dived for it. It was, it was unlucky for the both of them because I'm sure Jason Spezza wasn't trying to go for the head at the point. Um, but that's what he got. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I, 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 six games to me is just a little, it's a little bit rich. Like I I was surprised when I saw that it was an in-person hearing and when you get an in-person hearing, were offered an in-person hearing, they can go up to five games or they can go more than five games mm-hmm. rather uh, with that offering. And I figured it's kind of weird that they're getting an in-person hearing. I didn't think that it was uh, five game. Like I didn't think it'd be more than five games. So I thought it was weird to do that. Like make it a three or four game suspension and, and kind of move on. You don't have to have that in-person hearing. Uh, but I, I guess they asked, he was making a case for it and he's, you know, he wanted to make a case for it and six games, what came down. I thought going, so I thought the night of the hit, I thought, nah, maybe a game or two. And then when I saw he got the in-person, I thought, nah, he'll probably end up getting three or four, but six games to me was just a lot. And it, it's not that it's not worth six games and maybe it's kind of a, a weird way to, to, to talk about it. But like, when you take a look at some of the other suspensions that we've seen that haven't even come close to six games, some some stuff that hasn't even been suspended, and it's not, to me, as bad. I mean, look what Tom Wilson did last year with, with Artemi Panarin. They got like a $5,000 fine for ragdolling one of the star's best players and injuring him. Like that, that was a $5,000 fine. That was it. Meanwhile, one of the nicest most veteran guys in the NHL who's never had any issues with anyone, never had a suspension, never had a hearing, never nothing, and you're going to lay the law down on Jason Spezza and give him a six-gamer for a hit that I'm sure he didn't mean to really, you know, cause harm to um, to Neil Pionk. Like, it, six to me seemed, seemed just a, a little rich, and I would be shocked utterly shocked if this doesn't get down to four games with the with the independent arbitrator yeah and one of the I guess one of the plus sides of it all is like it, it is going to an independent arbitrator rather than going to Bettman because I I personally think if it does go to if it was to go to Bettman like he would probably I wonder, I wonder if if Gary Bettman like didn't really know what number to place on this so he gave it to six knowing that Spezza would go to an independent arbitrator and then he would have to make the final decision. Like, I, I don't know why, but, like, I have that. Yeah, he's just like, I don't want to deal with this. And he gives him six to kind of pass the buck onto the independent arbitrator. Like, the, does anything deep down in you believe that that potentially could be at play here? I don't know, because is it is it him who does, makes the judgment call, or is it George Peros? Well, George Peros, but, I mean, or, but, sure, yeah. I'm sure they are. I guess it's George Peros, but maybe – okay. Put Peros in that decision. Yeah, over yeah. Batman, I, mean, I suppose. I mean, yeah. Like it, it does kind of make sense. Like if, like if they're torn on what to give him. And again, like this guy's one of the nicest people in the world. Like, like six games. The sixth game specifically enacts the possibility for that arbitrator. If it was four or five games, that's it. No arbitrator, which means there's probably no appeal because odds are you're not going to win it. So just take those take those games and that's it. But the sixth game allows him to appeal to that independent arbitrator. That's the only reason why I, I feel this way is because just six seems like a weird number for the situation. But then the like, guy, like the guy, yeah. oh, no prior history. And like you, you think about it, if, if they wanted to go that route, why wouldn't they just give him a three game suspension to begin with? Like exactly. It's, I don't know. It's weird. Maybe like, I don't know. Maybe they'll look at it and maybe Bettman and Peros were just like, okay, he's a nice guy. We'll give him six. And then maybe their arbitrator will take it down to like three or two. I can't see it going to two, but. No, I four probably sounds yeah. a, a right number to me. 
Um, cause Neil Pionk did end up going into concussion protocol earlier today as well. Mm-hmm. He finished the game, but then I guess was experiencing some symptoms. Uh, that's another today. bad thing. That's yeah, that's, that's, it's never a good thing, um, for, for anybody. Um, you know, even, even if, you know, Pionk is, was enemy number one for, you know, a minute there in Leaf land after injuring Sandine, you never want any player to get any type of injury, let alone a concussion or a head injury, um, knowing what we know now about them. So clearly a suspension was worthy. I just think six games is just a little bit much, and I'd be surprised if it doesn't get uh, if it doesn't get lessened between, uh, you know, once this goes to Arba, a, a, an arbitrator. That's The crazy thing was is I saw somebody tweet, Jason Spetz's six games is um, – it's a smaller amount of money than Neil Pionk's two games that they lose, like the money that they lose, which just shows that Jason Spets is on a great contract. But again, I mean, I, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you. I think it'll go down. I, I want to say four, it should be four, but at the same time, like who, who knows, who knows? what the um, arbitrator is going to do, but I would have to side with you and say four. All right. Well, the official locked on Leafs number is four. That is what we think will happen. That is what should happen. And if not, boy, there'll be some going to jail. There'll be some revolts in Leafs nation. Let me tell you that because Jason Spezza does not deserve to be made an example of because of one bad decision which deserved to be suspendable, but six games, no. That's just, that's just buffoonery. Buffoonery out of the uh, Department of Player Safety. Um, all right, Nick, I think we're going to leave it right there, pal. Really appreciate you joining me and uh, chatting today. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Uh, let the viewers know uh, kind of what you're up to on your socials and where they can catch your work if, uh, if they want to read more about you. Uh, so it's... Really, the only, like I, I do make YouTube videos. Um, I haven't recently just because I've been feeling a sort of burnout just with everything. But I cover the Toronto Marlies, try to get to every game, every practice. Um, follow me on Twitter at Nick Barden. Actually, quickly then. Actually, now I thought about this just because you're a Marlies guy. Are you surprised that Josh Hosang uh, did not get the, get the contracts and get the call up to Toronto knowing that Marner is out for four weeks I'm not surprised I a lot of people have asked me about him and one of the things that really sticks out I did a story on him earlier in the season and I it was it was a lot about mental health but it was also a lot about just how comfortable he feels here at in at home essentially in Toronto Um, one of the things that stood out to me is just that he's not focused on getting to the NHL. He's happy where he is. And I, I personally think the best option going forward for the Leafs is to get closer to the trade deadline before they make any decision on Hosang, just, just because it's a little bit safer and uh, just safer for the Leafs in general is if he comes up and he doesn't do well, there's always that possibility that he gets claimed going back down because once he signs, there's that right away. He has to clear waivers if they want to put him back down. So there's that. And also, it's just like he's been through a lot. And if he comes up to the Leafs and he doesn't produce at the rate that a lot of people want, they're going to be going after him. And that's not going to be good for him. It's not so going to be good. Did Did you talk? Did you get a chance to talk to him at, at Marley's camper um, when you did this story? Uh, yeah, so it was at Marley's practice, I think a month or two ago. Um, it was me and Joshua Cloak from The Athletic. We yeah. were both talking with him at the time, and he was just talking about how how happy he is here and how... I'm curious happy. if he talked about if, if, if there was a plan for him and, like, somewhat of a timeline. I don't, I don't believe there is. Mm. Um, I think for him it's just about getting comfortable and just finding his way through it all because I I don't think there's a want to rush for him because just 
in everything he's been through in the past, and he just wants to. One of the one of the questions that Joshua Cloak asked was like, um, "We're in the hallway at Ford Performance Center, and the Marley's rinks on one side, the Lease rinks on the other." And Cloak asked him like, "How like how do you feel, and how close do you feel you are to getting to that rink over there?" And he pointed at the Lease rink, and Ho Sang was just like, "I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about." just being here, being present. And he, at this point in his career, I think he's more focused on being happy playing the game of hockey yeah. and getting to the NHL. And I just think like, I, I, I personally believe, and I could see it that he's in Toronto for the rest of his career, just because of the way he's talked about it and how the Leafs have treated him and how his opinions on all that. Um, but if, I, I think for him, if they want to get him into the NHL, I think it's best to wait just so they have maybe not – I don't want to say the time, but just so there's less of a period in between him getting a contract and then just having that less period of space between then and the playoffs. So if there was a point where he's not doing well, it's kind of – shadowed in and they people don't see it a lot and if he comes into it now and he goes there it's you sort of think like if he does bad it's going to hurt him it's going to hurt the team and then there's that chance of claiming getting claimed off waivers if he was to come back down I don't think the least want that Josh Hosang definitely doesn't want that and I I think it's just for me again it's best if they just be patient with him because he's doing great things there are some things that you'd maybe like to see him be better on, but he's doing great with the Marlies. And I just think that they should just be a little bit more patient and Leaf fans should just be a little bit more patient because he's such a special guy and a special person, and a special player that if you rush with it, it might not bring good things. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, it's it's never been about the skill level for Josh Hosang, so it's always kind of been the mindset. And uh, I, I think making sure that he's, like you said, in, in a good mindset, in a clear good mindset, um, you know, that would be the best time to, to bring him aboard and bring him back up. But got to make sure that he's there. Uh, got to do that. But sounds like things are going things are going well as is and you know he's he's been humbled by his hockey career so far and uh, hopefully he can still keep growing and eventually find himself back into the NHL hopefully it it is with Toronto I'd I'd like to see it I thought he played well uh, in camp at the very least but I I totally understand the whole situation and uh, I understand the the uh, decision to kind of wait and see on, on Josh Hosang, despite his, his good performances so far in the AHL. But we shall see what happens there. Uh, all right, once again, Nick, really appreciate you joining me. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun, and we'll definitely do this again down the road. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Uh, that's going to do it for me here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked on Leafs podcast on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show at Locked on Leafs. Follow Nick at Nick Barden. Uh, I'll be back with another episode tomorrow. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked on Leafs.